Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. We're a pro podcast now. We've got little eye dents and everything. Do you want to hear one? I don't think they're ready. Did you? When I say we've got um, eye dents and everything, that's the one eye dent that we've got. But, you know. It's good enough. Bit by bit. Oh, I, uh, I just like how American the whole thing sounds. Uh, I'm Camfield. He's Jeremy. Uh, this is Did You America Season 2, Episode... I think 10, maybe? I promise. One of these days, I'm going to count. Now, just a bit of Texas news before we start talking uh, Super Bowl. I have uh, switched recently from NBC5 to uh, Channel 8 here in the great state of Texas to get my news. Um, only because it occurred to me that I'd never watched this channel before. And um, it, it seems that there is news that's going on in DFW that only Channel 8 talk about. And therefore, they've become my new favorite go-to for news. They're like the home of obscure news, huh? Well, go to uh, NBC5, and at the start of every news bulletin, they're giving me these amount of people have COVID. This amount of people have died from COVID. Here are the latest problems in getting people the COVID vaccine. And I know that's important news, but all you're doing is giving me the same headline with slightly different numbers in it every day, right? right? I'm aware that this is going on. It's a problem. We need to fix it. It's something that's affecting the entire global community. Here in the great state of Texas, you know what I'm more interested in? These birds that are apparently specific to Texas that get drunk on berries and poop like they've got diarrhea. Whoa, whoa. I've lived in Texas my whole life. I've never heard of these birds. I don't even know that I have that much to say about these birds, apart from the fact I just wanted to run it past you as a lifelong Texas resident. And again, ask the question, much like when we talked about the snow falling in Texas, is this just a fabricated Texas story? Because whenever anything happens in Texas, it has to be the biggest and the best. I mean, it depends what type of birds, what type of berries. As someone who eats berries all the time without pooping, I'm very happy that I now know I'm not a bird. But what are I need to know everything about these birds. Well, I don't... I See, this is the thing that I didn't put in my notes. I put birds, berries, drunk, pooping. I can't tell you the type of bird. You'd I have mean... Headline of the year, who cares? This is basically our version of the Florida falling iguanas. We have birds that eat berries and poop on people. It's way better than the stories about all the birds who fly into our buildings and die, which, weirdly enough, so random tangent. So I've been hearing for like the last year, whenever I'm in my living room, just like random bangs against my glass. And I always just assume that like, it, you know, there's construction in a neighborhood behind my. So I just always assumed it was stuff going on in there. But now that I'm working from home um, and I, I recently moved from my computer area to my living room, I started to finally realize what these noises were. And all day throughout the day, I have birds flying into my glass windows. Wow. Yeah. And like, I can't tell if they're suicidal, if they're getting hurt. One day, are they going to break the glass? They're drunk on the berries. Clearly. These are these birds. I must have berries in my backyard. If you went outside, it would be like someone with diarrhea shitting on you, apparently, <laughs> because that's the thing. Now, see, that's the bit that I, I, I wonder whether Texans are Texaning it up. Like the idea that there's this specific species of birds and they like berries and they get drunk on them. All right, they like they like to party, right? Right. But I think you're right. Then Texans went, well, we need to take sort of like ownership of this because there's that fall, you know, iguanas falling out of trees in Florida killing people. So Texans went, oh, 
and you should see the poop. It's literally like having a sewer emptied upon you. Because again, even if it's a negative thing, they have to be the biggest and the best in Texas. These birds are the drunkest. They poop the most. All from berries, apparently. <laughs> yeah, their poops are so big and they fall from such a distance. It'll kill people too. Now, the other thing that Channel 8 has taught me is apparently street racing is a big problem in DFW. And again, this is something that none of the other networks are covering. Okay, so this is Ram. So, um... I, you know, every once in a while I'll have to, for my job, go through the internet looking for local stories mm. to find. And one of the uh, things I've I've noticed a lot over the last six months is stories about illegal street, street racing in DFW. And again, I've lived here my whole life and never knew this was a problem. Now, you know, sometimes at night, you know, if I'm up late, I'll hear the occasional like, vroom, past my window and like think nothing of it. You know, someone, one person trying to be a badass flying through the neighborhoods but like apparently this is actually a big issue like all around the metroplex but it's not even so much racing it the skill in it just seems to be that you can do handbrake turns at traffic lights they're just trying to tokyo drift around people I, I, all they show you on channel eight it's not like the people are getting done for speeding it's literally at an intersection there'll be just a car spinning around and around and around i think you're mistaken were you maybe just watching the fast and the furious <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember that time I reviewed the second Borat movie, not realizing right. that I was watching the first? <laughs> I've, bec I've, I've become like that stupid woman. Did you see the um, uh, Charlie Brooker's review of the year? I forget what it was called. It was a big thing on Netflix. The, oh, right, the yeah, you told what me was about it? that. It was the, the review of 2020. Right. And um, they had a, a, a British lady on there that they said was the most average person <laughs> in the world. And uh, she thought that she was watching a reality TV show, but she just had Fox News on the entire time. So she's <laughs> she's doing a commentary of everything that happened in 2020 through the eyes of Fox News, but thinking that she's watching a reality TV show and saying, oh my God, it's just nuts. Yeah, oh. maybe I, it's entirely possible that I was watching The Fast and the Furious and not just a uh, Channel 8 news report. Yeah, I think that's the most likely scenario. See, I have, uh, I really- Do you think I was playing a video game for the pooping birds? <laughs> you were playing Grand Theft Auto for the street racing and you were playing Angry Birds for the pooping that birds. That might have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that was it. I uh, I only have one experience with street racing. It's not even me. It's not even cool. Um, You know, when I, when me and all my friends first turned 16, 17, and we all got cars and we all got licenses, of course, we all thought we were little badasses. Mm -hmm. So there's two things that you can do with a car when you think you're a badass. One of them is street racing. The other one is doing something called ghost riding the whip. Have you ever heard of Ghost Ride to Whip? No. All right, it's a term that I believe came from the Bay Area rapper E-40. And what you do is... It's you... very specific. Okay, but this is the most fun thing you could do with a car when you first turn 16. You basically put the car in drive so it's just rolling you know you're not going any more than like a mile like limp biscuit exactly. rolling 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 That's probably rolling where they got the idea right. of the song from. okay and you crank up the music and you and everyone in the car dances around the car as it's slowly rolling down the street oh okay so we would do that way too much but then i had some friends who thought they were badasses and decided to street race one day the only issue is, is for those listening to this in DFW, they decided to do that in the suburb of Plano, where cops are, th their only duty is to find 16-year-old kids fucking up. It only seems to be a few years ago that they moved beyond horse and cart. I, uh... I'm sorry, I just got a text message and it distracted me. Essentially, I just made a good joke about I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Basically, what they did is they they were going down Parker, trying thinking they were going to be cool, and they both floored it, just gunned it. One of them was in like a Honda Civic, the other one was in like a. I think it was like a uh, like a box car. I couldn't even tell you. It was just real ugly and not meant to be. Something raced. that he stole from the the bumper cars. Most likely, and within ten seconds of their attempted street race, cop lights hit. <laughs> now we were all just like going to a friend's house, so we got there, and then all of a sudden, like one friend showed up and the other didn't, and he ended up spending like three nights in jail because of it. Wow. So, you know, watch out. The street racing, not only dangerous, but if you're in Plano going down the street that's a 40 mile per hour speed limit, 
probably not smart to go 80. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, not that we condone street racing, but if it is just uh, a ploy to get on the TV, because someone's going, <laughs> Channel 8 are going huge on covering any kind <laughs> of street racing. Um, I mean, it's more impressive than the kind of coverage. I'm trying to think the equivalent of the, because there's no street racing or anything in England. And you know, when I, we were talking about the handbrake turns, what it made me consider was that uh, in the last few years in the UK, there was a reality TV show called Caravana of the Year, which right. was basically about people that go on vacation to trailer parks. And the skill in being caravaner of the year, they would set people that had caravans various tasks. You basically just had to be good at reversing the caravan. <laughs> I think I could do that. Right, exactly. See, so that's the, <laughs> the Channel 8. Probably um, not being responsible here or maybe showing off the handbrake turning skills of those people that are illegally street racing in DFW. The British equivalent of that on the TV, caravaner of the year, where your skills are essentially, can you reverse the caravan? Caravan proficiently. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Super Bowl. Um, Jeremy has been making a bunch of bets on this Thursday's game. Now, I have in front of me uh, some detailed files on um, the uh, the best Super Bowl prop bets, um, a lot of which seem to be about which coaches' nostrils we're going to see first. Have you got a bet on that? <laughs> well, that's the thing. The prop bets are the best part about the Super Bowl. Now, you know, on Monday's episode of this podcast, I kind of ranted against gamblers gambling on the stock market. Right. And that was a bit unfair because I I forgot that I I am actually a degenerate gambler just because on a completely different form. Gambling on if we're going to see Bruce Arians' nose hair is fine. Well, okay. do you think he's grooming ahead of the Super Bowl because of this? He better be because I have a lot of money riding on the other coach. I'm not going to get into values, but so far I have placed a total. Have you seriously got a bet on Andy Reid's nose hair being shown on TV? I mean, I might as well. I've made 60 bets on the Super Bowl. Okay. Give me give me some highlights. Okay. Didn't you tell me off air? Off air, I'm talking like I've still got a radio career. Um, <laughs> you bet on the coin toss. Every year. So first of all, <laughs> smartest bet you can make. It's 50-50. And I... You know, I get it. You would think my hit rate would be at 50%. I am crushing it in my... So I started gambling, I think it was literally for the 2012 Super Bowl. Right. So this is my ninth Super Bowl I'll be betting on. I am 6-2 and two in picking the coin toss correctly. Winning almost more than Brady. I mean, I'm sorry. Those are great percentages. If you want to win a lot of money, listen to this segment. All right. Most people, they're going to go tails. Tails never fails. That's the move, right? Wrong. I'm a heads guy personally. Okay. And that call has helped me quite a bit for my record. However, this year I'm changing it up. I will be going with tails. And that's one of many prop bets I made around the coin toss. People are uh, betting how many times the Patriots and Belichick are going to get mentioned. Because as we said on this podcast before, Patriots fans, many of them are going to take a uh, Tampa win as their own. Right. So that's another one is I bet uh, how many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned. I also mentioned... All kids of Asia, have you got a bet on that? <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> but I did bet how many times the game would show Giselle Bunchen on the screen. Right. I also made to bet how many times Donald Trump and Joe Biden would be mentioned, not only during the broadcast of the game, but during the halftime show. You could bet on anything. It is really just the Wild West out there right now. My all-time favorite prop bet that I do every year is what what is the MVP? Like, who's he going to thank first in his speech when he gets the award? Now, the smart money is always on God. You know, depending on the... the uh, the way that the players do a lot of times is, you know, all glory to God right away. You're going to, you've bet that he's going to thank the weekend. I've, I've let, I've lost that bet, however, the last three years. So that's been disappointing. So the smart money now is either on family or teammates. So that's where we're going this year. And then, of course, the other popular prop bet that everyone always talks about is what color the Gatorade is going to be poured right. on the winning coach. Now, some people, they'll, they'll try to hedge their bet by going with the team colors. That's a big mistake. For some reason, the NFL loves the lime green Gatorade. Go with the lime, the yellow. That is the smart money bet. If not, take red because both teams wear red. Can I ask uh, whether you think, uh, as now our betting expert on this podcast, um, 
Is it worth having a bet that one of the uh, special guests for the weekend's halftime show is going to be Kenny G? Okay, so I saw those bets too, and I was a little bit weirded out. So a lot of times with the Super Bowl bets, they'll like they'll let you pick like what's going to be the first song, like who's going to show up, and I just felt the list of people who might show up with the weekend was kind of random. Like I get Drake, I get, um, I think one of them was Doja Cat, but where does Kenny G come from? I'm not that familiar with, uh, the weekend's song catalog, but I feel like he doesn't have a ton with Kenny G. I'm not aware that, uh, saxophones have been a major component of the halftime show. I mean, if you think about the, the, the uh, it's all about the, even if you're a, uh, you know, one of the most famous music artists, like when the who or the stones have done it, it's still essentially about the show around, the show of for, the, for the 12 minutes that you get to perform i mean i don't so the only weekend song i know is that one that says i'm off my face but it feels great that's one right that's one is he is he lacking in hits that halfway through he's got, they're going hey mr weekend is that you? mr weekend you've got tw- you've got tw- <laughs> i think it's just end I think he's the week is his first name and end is his last name mr end right you've got 12 minutes um we're a little bit concerned that you might not have enough songs to play a medley to fill 12 minutes. Have you got any other ideas? And he went, what about a sax solo? I got Kenny G's number. Right. I feel like, I feel like the it's better than a be- drum solo. I was, you know, that year um, that, uh, what year was it that Bruno Mars played? That's within the last five, six years. Yeah. Right. Um, I was a little bit nervous that and I thought that halftime show in the end was good, but it started with him on the drums. And I know Bruno Mars is like this maestro who likes to show off that he can do everything, but I'm like, don't start with a drum solo. But you put a saxophone solo in the middle. I don't know. It might work very well that he sings a bit of I'm off my face and it feels great. And I'm, then Kenny G blows, blows some sax. I'm a big proponent of you put a saxophone in any song. It makes it a thousand times better. The thing with uh, The weekend though, is I feel he uh, he's one of those artists that once he starts going through each song, it's going to be a lot of like, oh, I didn't realize that was The weekend. Oh, I know that song. But you see, this is my thing because have I told you about the time I went to see Janet Jackson? No. I went to see a Janet... Did her titty flop out? Uh, no, no, this was not at the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, there were no wardrobe malfunctions at this show. I, I was uh, in Los Angeles and uh, one of my friends had a hookup with the venue that she was playing. And uh, he said to me, we should go see Janet Jackson. This is, this is such an asshole thing to say. We should go see Janet Jackson because the hospitality area in this venue is off the scale, right? <laughs> and I went, oh, okay, backstage. So we're not, not backstage, but they're, they're, they're VIP hospitality right. area. He sold me on going to the Janet Jackson show based on the fact that this venue in Los Angeles, one of their things is they make a giant, and I mean giant-sized cake of the art that's performing and he said uh, around 30 minutes into the show in the hospitality area they'll have a cake that's you know the size of a, a mini house almost and you can just gorge on cake and uh, so, so I'll be just but basically is it in the shape of Janet Jackson yeah, yeah it'll be a picture so basically I said okay so I can put chunks of Janet Jackson in my mouth if we <laughs> if, if we go to this show I'm I'm in right and then uh, and then I started to think about you know, what Janet Jackson songs I know. And it was a bit like you were saying with The Weeknd, I started thinking, I, I don't know that many. And then I realized, oh, actually, I, I know a bunch. And my buddy was getting these uh, VIP tickets, pulls up the, the the set list of Janet Jackson. And it was about 47 songs. And I said, Stephen, I, look, I'm, oh, I'm, 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 in, to be a long night. I'm in this for the cake. But I don't know that I can sit through 47 Janet Jackson no, songs, even, no one can. even if the cake comes from the most amazing bakery in the world ever, right? right? But what I didn't know is that Janet Jackson rips through those songs. So anyway, he convinced me it was worth going for the cake. And we went there and we had great tickets and we went out for the start of the Janet Jackson show, right? And uh, I'm not exaggerating. We were probably 10 minutes into the Janet Jackson show. Uh, my buddy Stephen taps me on the shoulder. He's got the set list on his phone. We're 10 minutes into the gig. And Stephen goes, look, we're on song 18 already. Like she was <laughs> ripping through them. So that's my thing with if The weekend is going to do a medley Janet Jackson style. I'm probably comparing your forthcoming halftime show to Janet Jackson is not the thing to do for, right. the, for the Super Bowl. But if you're going to go, no, I'm not talking about the tits. I'm talking about the medley. <laughs> and then they go, but yeah. 
Janet Jackson got, we heard this British guy on a podcast that he does from his kitchen, and he said (laughs) Janet Jackson got through 18 songs in 10 minutes. You've got to do 12 minutes, and you haven't got 18 songs people know. Welcome, Kenny G. That is a very around-the-world, long-winded way of saying, maybe you should have a bet on Kenny G playing saxophone. It's just going to get to the point where, like, after six minutes of the weekend, it's like, I don't know what to do, and he just breaks into, like, a six-minute version of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. He's like, ah, this is one. People know this one. i got to say as well, stand by for this uh, kind of uh, tangential, is that a word? Name it dro- is now. Name, name drop. Um I do know Kenny G's cousin, so we could text the cousin. Philip G? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark G, actually. Um, we could text the cousin and say, hey, do you know if your cousin is going to show up to sax up the weekend? So that's actually, normally they'll let you pick on like what songs he's going to play and like they'll get real intricate about the halftime show but I bet a good amount of stuff leaked or either that in the past they just had one artist make like 10 million dollars off of it however going back to Janet Jackson speaking of which one of my bets I did bet this year there will be another wardrobe malfunction I'm calling it Kenny G's dick's gonna slop out <laughs> exactly they're gonna be going through they're gonna a wardrobe be like, what's, what's all of a sudden that he's playing the- saxophone yeah. and- <laughs> <laughs> what's that underneath the sax it's not making noise is that Kenny G saxophone or is he just pleased to see me <laughs> that kind of thing uh we'll talk about some other stuff in just a second because i want to talk about um the golden globes and uh some uh, some news from the world of country music which is uh which is definitely noteworthy uh but before let's just uh, wrap up this uh, super bowl uh, discussion because <laughs> this is a headline from a uk newspaper that caught my attention um, more than half of the Brits watching the Super Bowl have no idea what's going on. And from my perspective, I, you know, being America's biggest fan, even when I lived in Shitsville, they, they always show the Super Bowl live. Um, so me and a bunch of friends would always take the Monday off work. Or if I, if I was doing radio, I'd just be like, screw it, I'll stay up all night. Right. I, don't, I don't care. Um, and I actually have some friends in the UK who are proper hardcore American football fans. Um, who would know everything that's going on? I would be the first to admit, like as much as I enjoy an NF- NFL game, I probably understand about seventy percent of 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 what's going on. But the uh, the claim is. As far as Brits watching, most of them have got no idea what's happening, and all they like to do is gorge themselves on American foods and uh, and enjoy the halftime show. Remember, Brits in the UK don't even get the benefits of the ads because when you the the, the feed that the right. that the, the, the UK get oh, is get just own. is just the game. Right, and it will be on the BBC. So the funny thing is, it's almost amusing to watch afterwards the BBC coverage because they have to feel so much. While people here in a proper country will be seeing Dolly Parton doing a new version of Nine to Five or whatever the you know whatever <laughs> right. whatever the ads are this year, uh, they're going to have uh, some British people on there who are probably by the end of the game thinking, for God's sake, so many adverts. I had to talk so many times about what color the Gatorade was going to be like. Like, what are we going <laughs> to? see kenny g i just i also feel like it's not that's not really as much of an issue though anymore is have you noticed like every company now puts their super bowl commercial out like a week ahead of time i've seen so many commercials now that i what am i going to watch during the game the game who does that right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i went to a super bowl party in california once um with uh, one of my friends and she made out that she was genuinely interested in the game and there's probably i don't know maybe 10 people around someone's apartment for the super bowl right and then after the game we got back to her apartment where she dvr'd the game because she was concerned there'd be too many people at the party and she wouldn't be able to focus on the ads i mean no you have to first of all is that a thing not to keep going back to this but you have to remember, as a 12-year-old, I got to see my first titty during the Super Bowl. The moment Justin Timberlake ripped Janet Jackson's top off, my life was changed forever. You have to record every moment of it. You never know what's going to happen during the Super Bowl. You're really hoping for some Kenny G dick, aren't you? I'm hoping for just any type of nudity I can get off to. I wonder what the odds are on Kenny G appears and his dick falls out. Six to one. <laughs> 
The smart money's on no, it doesn't. Now, is it, uh, if you watch that you're a huge sports fan, obviously you understand everything that's going on in the Super Bowl. Would everything. You, would you ever watch it with people who don't because they might ask dumb questions? Oh, I do every year and it's infuriating. I So I've always, for the last six years, I've always had my friends over for the Super Bowl at my house. And I love it. I cook a bunch of food. You know, it's a great time. But, you know, all my friends' girlfriends come over and a few of my friends too. This isn't a sexist thing. And they just don't shut up the whole game, just asking me, what does this mean? What does that mean? It's just like, oh, my God. Like, you clearly don't know. You don't care. Just go talk to them and wait for the halftime show. You could go next door and stream the poppy bowl on someone's laptop, maybe. But now, this year, one of my friends who uh, he just moved into a new house, he said, he was like, hey, I was thinking maybe this year we'd have it at my house. I'm like, great, wonderful. The only thing is, is... Separate from the party, I now need him to have a separate room for me to actually just watch the game in. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have the song of the week to remind you of, talking about competition. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Time out real quick before we end. It's, this You have to make a pick. Oh, if who's going to win? Yeah, what's your pick? I'm going to go... This is going to sound exactly like one of your friends who you want to banish to the room next door because okay. they don't understand what's going on. I'm, st- I'm as per uh, a bit that we did on the previous episode of the podcast where I told you why I have an affinity with Tampa. I'm going to go that the Buccaneers are going to win by 10. And, and again, I see, I feel like I should be a Tom Brady supporter if only because, as I've said before, one of the things that I love about America is you're all about ambition and celebrating success until it comes to Tom Brady, at which point most Americans just absolutely hate him because there's been too much success, right? Right. So there is that. And then there's also the fact that I had a very good time in Tampa where I once stood side of stage for Iron Maiden with Lady Gaga. Okay. Right? Good Is that good enough for reasoning? Me. All right, so you got Tampa by 10. Yeah. Deal. 10,000 on that bitch. Spit shake on it. <laughs> uh, part two coming up. All right, let's do part two of today's Did You America. Um, we have Song of the Week ongoing at the moment. You can vote on our website, didyouamerica.com slash song. Or check out the poll on my Twitter. I am at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, I'm going with Dream Weapon by Genghis Tron. When I was working on the radio in uh, Shitsville, I used to do a metal show and uh, played a lot of Genghis Tron about uh, 10 years ago. I think it was around 10 years ago that they originally called it a day because I remember that they announced that they were breaking up on MySpace. Um, but they've, uh, yeah, Tom was furious, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, they have got back together and this is a taster of some new music. So my song of the week choice this week, dream weapon by Genghis Tron. Before I give mine, did they give, did they make their announcement that they were coming back on Facebook? Like, did they just do the natural progression? I don't think they lived in a cave for 10 years. um, Yeah, because if they had made the announcement that they were coming back on MySpace, then I probably wouldn't be aware that there's new music Good point. My choice for this week was Day by Day by Gary Bartz and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And uh, New York producer going with All You Ever Wanted by Rag and Bone Man. So uh, if you want to vote, didyouamerica.com slash song. You can do it on our website or you can vote on the poll, which is on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Dream Weapon by Genghis Tron, my choice. Day by Day uh, by Gary Bartz is Jeremy's choice. And New York producer going for All You Ever Wanted by Rag and Bowman. Uh, on the previous episode, we discussed the fact that um, the GameStop thing was uh, big news. Jeremy gave a very insightful look into the what's and wherefores of this supposed David versus Goliath battle. If you say so. That was going on. Oh, well, I didn't understand most of what it was. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I don't know how insightful it I was. Mean, I mean, was, I was trying to pay attention. You, I mean, you did a good job of making it sound like you knew what you were talking right. about. But at some point, as I think I referenced uh, during the uh, the episode last time, uh, the, the 1970s punk song, If the kids... Are united? They will never be divided. Came into my head, so I was. Uh, but I tell you what, if Netflix don't use that 
on the soundtrack to the movie that Netflix are now making about the whole GameStop situation, then they are missing a trick. It's by Sham69, Netflix. How are they already making a movie about this? Well, it's not ended yet, has it? I mean, I don't... I mean, well, actually, it, actually, it's kind of ending well, today. Well, actually, no, having said that, my na- my new go-to source for local news in DFW, Channel 8, first for drunk birds with diarrhea news. Yes. And first for look at these handbrake turns at stoplights, street racing news. Tokyo Drift. The third... The third item they did tell me about on uh, yesterday's news was that the GameStop stock, no, GameStop stock, had uh, had now plummeted. So I guess maybe we are at the end of this story. Well, I mean, you never know, but it's uh, based on the numbers today. I think it's finally coming to an end. I think either most people sold or have no more money to play with. But I think the thing with Netflix is they are um, desperate not to be outdone by Hulu this time. Because you remember when um, the Firefest uh, story was big news? Right. Jar Rule and some trust fund kid put money into a festival that was supposed to be the most VIP of VIP experiences and then it turned out to be like going to a, the, the third world basically right, for, yes. for, for an event. So that was uh, very newsworthy about uh, a year or so ago. And Netflix got on board with that. And then from out of nowhere, their competitor Hulu secretly made their own Firefest documentary and dropped it a few days before Netflix. Uh, I can't remember whether it was Hulu or Netflix that had this, but only one out of the two documentaries had the information that one of the guys involved with Firefest, they basically desperately needed water because they were going to be on this island in the middle of nowhere and right. suddenly they realized they didn't have any. And um, one of the guys involved with Firefest uh, basically said that in order to go get some water, he was prepared to give someone a blowjob. That was <laughs> yeah. So that, that was like the big the big moment of the documentary. And I can't remember whether it was Hulu or Netflix that got that bit, but essentially the story was pretty much the same. But whichever streaming platform got the hey. I'm gay and I'm involved with this. I'll just go to someone and say, hey, I'll suck you off for some water if it means that our VIP people can drink some clean water while they're swimming with pigs, which was apparently one of the one of the the, the, the packages that was offered in the, right. in, in the ticket price. Um, but I think, yeah, whoever, I think that was the, I think that was in the, the Hulu one. I believe so. Right. so I, and we've all been there. Yeah, if there is, I bet Netflix are going, okay, we're signing up for the GameStop thing here, but if there is not someone that's offered oral sex in return for some sort of <laughs> buying of the stock, then forget it. Right, deal forget over. It. Forget it. We're going to make a really harrowing movie about the secret life of Marilyn Manson instead. Man, I'd be way more pro-stock market if that's how trades worked. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, I don't want to dwell on the Manson stuff because it's, it's horrible, but uh, we mentioned it on... Um, the previous episode of the podcast and he really now is becoming like the harvey weinstein of the music business just before we recorded today i saw that um trent reznor basically issued a statement saying yeah i produced manson and we worked on some of the best known albums but everybody please check how many years ago that was and how long i've been so before i mean he didn't use any right. of those words but he that used was all those words it was basically my takeaway from it and i can totally understand it i mean as i said i the, the if marilyn manson's found to be guilty of these things then um, they're indefensible. But as I mentioned last time, he was a changed character at the point at which he just basically became a wreck and all of the partying took over just from my perspective of, of interviewing him. And I think back in the day, Trent Reznor's got quite a long history of being a party boy himself. But of course, years and years ago, got sober and has got, you know, that clarity now. But it, and it wasn't just him. It was... Um, Who's the guy that was in Limp Biscuit? Wes Borland, who played in Marilyn Manson's band for a while. Okay. Um, he also put out a statement going, I was the guitarist years such and such to so and so, and I'm going to tell you that none of this surprises me. I mean, it is literally like, you know, there's one thing obviously like the, the women that are lining up and making their, their claims be heard. But now, as I said, it's like the Harvey Weinstein of like anyone. Right. Oh, okay. I was on track three of the CD single that came out in 1999, the remix. I would like to just say that I haven't spoken to him since. You know? Don't don't get on your high horse about this. Just on Monday's podcast, you admitted that he caressed your balls at one point. You're a part of the movement, my friend. 
There was no caressing. It was a hardcore grab. Oh, okay. It Even was, better. It was a, <laughs> it Don't was a, kink bash him. He likes it physical. <laughs> it was a hardcore grab for sure. Um, now, the Golden Globe nominations are out. I like to look at these uh, every time just to see how not in touch with uh, po- you know popular TV that I am. Um so uh, as far as that, the, okay, Netflix is obviously ruling the Golden Globes because they make a lot of stuff that apparently people like. Have you ever heard of the movie Mank? No. Is that a reboot of the 80s TV show Monk? It must be because I've definitely never heard of either. Um, and The Crown. Crown's got six nominations. So here, here's what I know about The Crown, right? You don't need to watch it because they don't cover any of the juicy stuff. Have I done my rant about The Crown on this podcast before? I'm, I'm not sure, but get into I've it. I've never watched The Crown. That does not stop me having a valid opinion about it. <laughs> right. Right? So it's the TV show about the history of the royal family, right? And a bunch of people started messaging me around the most recent season because I guess it's chronological and they got up to the Princess Diana bit, right? Yes. And yes. I basically said, don't stereotype me. Just because I'm a gay, you assume that I'm going to give a fuck about the Princess Diana years. <laughs> No, no. It has nothing to do with because you're British. <laughs> um, well, th- th- look, this is what I prefer, like the unconfirmed reality of the British royal family. Yeah. And I was a kid for a lot of the time when Princess Diana was around. Um, I told you, I think, before that uh, obviously it was very, very sad the day that she died. But she did die the day before uh my second radio gig in the uk that radio station launched so my takeaway from princess diana first of all is that i was on a brand new radio station and she fucking died the day before do you know how much that screwed up the pr (laughs) for the launch of this i was gonna be everything i was on the uk's first ever alternative radio station i was straight out of college i was like an 18 year old kid right it was a big deal i was super excited that i was going to be on this radio station and hanging out with rock stars and and you know living the life and then the queen orders her to be driven into a fucking tunnel in france the day before (laughs) and suddenly that's all of the headlines she clearly was not a fan of alternative rock right (laughs) i mean you couldn't have the queen was like pop music for Never fuck that bitch. I mean, like you couldn't have waited a month, Your Majesty. What what was Princess Diana gonna do throughout the month of September 1997 that couldn't have made it wait till October? So we at least I could have been on the news. Or like killed her three weeks earlier. Well, yeah, but that, actually that wouldn't have worked because you see the worst thing was not only did she die, and again I'll say it's very sad that she died, wow. even, even though I'm probably not portraying great sadness about this this subject. He's crying right now. The fucking country went in I didn't curse at all during segment one this is how angry this 20 years later this still makes me (laughs) the whole country went into mourning for about three months that alternative right now you could argue that that alternative radio station maybe wasn't programmed brilliantly but I would say that the reason it didn't get any ratings for the first six months is because for the first four months of those six months the entire country was in mourning and just walking around moping around even more than Brits normally do. But this time they were moping around with Elton John's words in their head. Goodbye, England's rose. Don't get me started on the theory that he killed her so he could have another hit. Oh, he Remember killed he her for ch- sure. changed the words to Candle in the Wind. What were we talking about? Uh, the, crown. the Crown. See? <laughs> now, if this was an episode of The Crown, then maybe they'd be winning 10 awards and not just nominated for six Golden Globes. So, so yeah, th- th- that's my thing on The Crown. You're not showing the real story. I bet there's no conspiracy coverage on who killed Princess Diana because, look, it probably wasn't the Queen or Elton John. But with all of the security detail, no one in their right mind believes that they just by mistake drove into the corner of that tunnel. Right. You know. See, for me, like uh, like someone who's not a 16-year-old American girl, I actually don't care about the queen or the princess or any of the royal family either. But I feel like I've been even more so influenced by you for like, I I won't even give the crown a shot. Like, I don't care. People tell me all the time how great of a show it is. I'm just not even interested. But it proves your point that America is way too obsessed with the royal family. Because now is, there's like another show that's about royals that I don't think, the Bridgerton one, isn't that pretty much the same thing? Just oh, like not real? No, but yeah, that's like the crown but fan fiction. Exactly. We're, we're getting way is too it, into is this. It for, is it for people who still, 20 years later, can't 
deal with the fact that Diana's dead because she was the people's princess or whatever the fuck it she was. So they go, what about if we did another version of The Crown, but she doesn't die? I'm just waiting for the day that England puts out a show called The President and like everyone in America is furious about it. <laughs> They're not portraying it correctly. <laughs> I uh... The wall wasn't even built that quickly. <laughs> you see... But Bridgerton, I, you know, I keep reading about that. I don't care because I still think my my idea for an alternative version of The Crown is way better when these are the subjects that we would deal with. We would deal with who killed Princess Diana, right? right. Just Lane, but go on. We would. D- we haven't mentioned that name in a while. Yeah, shots you, fired. You, you, now, you make me very nervous when you bring up Ghislaine Maxwell in this context because remember my theory that Ghislaine Maxwell is really dealing with people who actually r- rule the world. Don't let them fool you that she's having a hard time in a very small cell um, where she's got a fear of being Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, she's on Rape Island with her legs kicked up in sand. I don't, see, again, you're just throwing these... Don't throw these things. She is one of the most highly connected people out there, and it scares me the amount that she knows and what she could say about very, very, very powerful people. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that when uh, Ghislaine eventually goes to court and trades in a name, the names of very famous influential people to get her prison sentence severely reduced it could shake the world on its axis because of the level of people that she is exposing and the only thing more scary than the potential of that is the fact that the only person Ghislaine has said she won't name and shame is Prince Andrew which suggests that the only group of people more powerful than Ghislaine and Epstein and that whole nasty world, which is united by money, right? I know there was terrible pedophilia going on, but it's, you know, the, the, the super, super rich. It suggests the only more scary people above them are the royals because it seems like Prince Andrew is the only person she's scared of. Now, she clearly ain't scared of Prince Andrew because I saw that stupid fucker's interview, right? I mean, he couldn't talk his way out of a paper bag. It was terrible. That Who was it who interviewed him? I mean, she did. She could She could have been half asleep and still run rings around him. Right, when so, he was sweating everywhere. Right, yeah. he, ain't, he ain't the person who's got the power. She's just scared of everything that the royal family, um, the knowledge and the power that they have. So there's two reasons I like to bring up Ghislaine in this podcast. One, because every time I'm going to get that rant from you, and it's very passionate, and it's very intense, it's, and I love it. It's more fear than it's passion. For sure. B, I also really just like saying Ghislaine because it's my future porn name. <laughs> well, you know, that I said, that lineup of famous people that she's going to throw to the wolves in order to reduce her sentence it's going to be so many famous people it could be like the most impressive festival you've ever seen bill cosby oh wait way beyond that (laughs) wait you think that it was shocking that america's dad turned out to be not a nice person she is going to go way 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 beyond that and if someone doesn't portray as a festival lineup with the headline (laughs) jizz fest jizz fest I'll be very, very disappointed. Name my first porn. Um, so yes, the cr- am I done with the crown? No, I'm gonna. Right. I'm still what, done yeah. with the crowns. What? How you're making the crown? Yeah, right. So yeah, this Bridgerton bullshit. Forget that. Like doing, doing teenage girls fan fiction, which is what again. I've never seen Bridgerton. It does not stop me having an opinion on it. Much like the crown, the alternative version of the crown for this latest season, which I'm led to believe is the Princess Diana years, should deal with. Who killed Princess Diana? Who is actually Harry's dad? I mean, look. Has it occurred to no one that Prince William used to be the better looking of the two and now he's basically morphed into his dad? Prince William looks like Prince Charles, Right. right? Has it occurred to no one that Harry looks nothing like Prince Charles? Has that never... But but he probably looks a lot like... I'm just going to pull this randomly from out of nowhere. The tennis coach <laughs> or the gym trainer. That might have been the same person. I don't know. That should be dealt a bit with. Of red hair. That should be dealt with. I would like to see a comprehensive episode that deals with every one of... Um, who's the Queen's husband? Prince... You would know more than no, me. No, see, I don't know. This is Charles. What, no, that's the son. 
Oh. Um, Charles the Second. No. Charles the First. <laughs> Is his name not Charles? I think Charles the the. The, those Charleses have been dealt with. Um, Let's just call him Charles. No, uh, what's his name? Why can't he's the really old one? Ulysses. S. I'm Grant. thinking of Prince Albert, but that's a dick piercing. <laughs> that's not. That might. That, that's more likely to be in Bridgerton, uh, right? Henry the Eighth. <laughs> um. Well, see, why can't I think of his name? Google the, the, the who is. Oh, come on, it. Who's the queen's husband? The queen's husband. Look this up. Anyway, he's got a very comprehensive list of of uh, saying racial slurs and very very dated things because he's about a hundred and there's uh, Philip. That's it. I want to see an episode on what Prince Philip really thinks about the world. Oh. Right? Yeah, that's because dark. Th- because that because he's a man who hasn't updated any of his thoughts and feelings since about 1955. He's not dead. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um and what was my other thing with the royal family? Um that they suck. The gay one. Ah. Now I'm not going to say who the gay one is because he's not out as gay, but there's a gay one and in this version of the crown on the dark web that would be dealt with. Also, the gay one who I'm not going to name had a secret romance with someone who you don't know, but is a very well-known BBC TV and radio presenter. Um, Wait, which one's the gay one? I'm, I, I, I know you don't want to admit, but like, I'm so stuck on When that. we get our version of The Crown okay. on the dark web, you can watch the episode The Gay One, and it'll tell you which one, <laughs> the, which one the gay one is. We might get away with that. We will probably both be assassinated before the Who Killed Princess Diana episode. Can I take bets? No, well, I'm going to move on now. Um, so anyway, that was one thing. So anyway, good on you. The Crown, apparently you've got a bunch of uh, got yeah. Golden Globe nominations. Um, I am down with the fact that um, Shits Creek got a bunch of Golden Globe nominations. Right. Yeah, good show. Um, it's nowhere near as good as everyone says it is, but it's, it's decent. And also Ozark does well. I feel like Ozark and Shits Creek are the only two examples of me liking modern TV that everyone else is on board with. See, I, th- I think that Shits Creek has a weird, like, it has like a hipster movement to it. You know, like so there's going to be people who saw it at first and they're like, oh, it's not as good as everyone people believes. And then there's going to be the group that came on land. Like it's the greatest show ever. I think you're right. Like it's not that great of a show, but when you look at the bones of it and what it's trying to be, it's actually like really perfect for the genre it's in. And then it grew over time where most shows get shittier over time. I'm not seeing um, any nominations for Cobra Kai, but I'm assuming it's got to have some because everyone is into Cobra Kai, which brings me to the point that for this year's Golden Globes, should there be the REO Speedwagon Award? That would be because, <laughs> as we've discussed on this podcast before, REO Speedwagon saved both Ozark and Cobra Kai, and there should be an award for that. They'll at least get a in-memoriam section now when they, you know, the, all their members inevitably die. They're all very healthy, Oreo Speed. You don't know that. Have you not seen the episode of Ozark where they turn up and play the uh, the casino? Look, everyone's going to inevitably die. I'm not saying it's happening tomorrow, but now they had a big impact in TV and they'll get the in memoriam section. That would be my other. So these are my two recommendations. I mean, this these these are TV recommendations coming from someone who this week spent most of his TV viewing watching old episodes of Diagnosis Murder, but we'll come to that in a second. <laughs> but I um, th- th- there should be an Ario Speedwagon Award for the fact that uh, Ozark I really liked, but when it was getting a little bit too dark, they decided that the subplot for the most recent season was, oh my God, can they book Ario Speedwagon to play the <laughs> casino? And also the fact that um, anytime Cobra Kai seemed to be getting too much of a teen drama for people like me, they stick in some 80s rock or metal. And the first example of that, the first point at which I was about to give up on Cobra Kai was uh, saved by the fact that the two main guys in Cobra Kai bond over Ario Speedwagon when they come on the radio and they're going for a drive. So Golden Globe nominations and TV in general, I want to see my version of The Crown and an Ario Speedwagon award. We- if, if Ricky Gervais was hosting this year's Golden Globes, these are the things he'd be saying. Will you? At and least- he totally would use the phrase jizzfest. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Would you at least settle for a Netflix category uh, shows that were saved by Ario Speedwagon? Like maybe not a whole award for it, but like, you know, they've definitely now had a number of shows that you can list. Mm. We don't have to pick the best one. They've done it for multiple shows. 
Yeah. 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 And Ario Speedwagon give the award. I just think... Ario Speedwagon make everything better. We've agreed on... like. The, 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 here's the thing. Here's my point, right? We've agreed that Ario Speedwagon make everything better. And what is always a bone of contention every time that people discuss award ceremonies, people are fed up with them. Every time their ratings come out, the ratings have dropped. Right. There'll be a load of backlash for people who are in Hollywood and totally out of touch with real people being overtly worthy or woke in their speeches. And people go, we had enough you know what could stop the we've had enough that they go okay please bring to the stage can't remember his name but the singer of Ario Speedwagon and there's heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who and then I would be like is it gonna be is it gonna be uh, uh, Cobra Kai or Ozark that wins the Ario Speedwagon well I mean that's the that's the kind of thing I tune in for see this stuff has you very excited with these Ario Speedwagon choices they're clearly targeting you as their core audience because they've the got to bring is, me back from watching old episodes of diagnosis murder that just for me that just proves that like there's just way too many shows like there's so many shows that multiple of them were like well i guess we'll rely on ario speedwagon to get our audience bump there's so many other band options but they've all been taken because there's so <laughs> many other shows to watch what well, i think that just plays to the the case that uh, tv networks have run out of ideas which you can see by how many shows that they've rebooted right. and some of these reboots i've liked i quite like I like the Magnum reboot. The Hawaii Five O reboot was fine. I yeah, you're hate the them. only one. I no, that's not true because if those shows weren't popular, they wouldn't have stayed on air. I don't understand the MacGyver reboot. All I want to do is punch his fucking face every time <laughs> I see the new MacGyver. I'm quite interested. I'm fearing for Queen Latifah's reboot of The Equalizer only because I watched the trailer. It keeps on coming up and I'm like, this is going to be so great. But I fear that they're debuting it after the Super Bowl, which is almost making it cursed to begin with. Normally, yes, but we spoke it into existence. That show's going to be like the reinventing of The Godfather. Yeah, I hope so because because I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, but to, to, to my point, um, the reason that Ario Speedwagon keep coming up is because... TV people are completely out of ideas, hence they reboot all of this stuff. And because they've got no ideas of their own, when they're storming, brainstorming concepts, they just go to what has already worked because they're too stupid to put forward a new suggestion. So when a show, they want to get to a new season and they're thinking, well, what, what can we do? Well, Ario Speedwagon worked for Cobra Kai. <laughs> right. Oh my God. And did you see when they played a casino? I mean, the irony of Ario Speedwagon playing a casino in Ozark is that Ario Speedwagon are at the level now where they are playing casinos. <laughs> so the fact that you took a casino, like a band that would have previously been in arenas and are now in their twilight years playing casinos. You took them as a casino playing band and put them on one of the biggest modern day TV shows. That's such a huge leg up. They actually weren't even originally supposed to be a part of the show. They were just filming at that casino where Ario Speedwagon was performing. They're like, oh, we might as well just use this. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But Ozark did it first and then Cobra Kai were like, there's going to be people that think we're too much of a teen drama. Let's get some Ario Speedwagon going on. They're like, they're not available right now. They're, they're on the wrong side of America doing a casino tour. We'll just play them in the car it'll work right I'm telling you now i did want to talk about the fact that uh, i'm about to cut the cord and go to youtube tv which i'm i'm not happy about but uh let's save that for next week because i've not cut the cord yet um i'm already angry that i've let myself down and already cancelled my at&t and it's going off i think uh, february 12th and i'm moving to YouTube TV because as you can hear from my TV conversation I'm very old school when it comes to TV right and uh, even though I've not got YouTube TV yet I've decided I already hate it basically if anyone has like old VHS's of seasons of shows that Camfield can watch send them our way what, do you know what do you know what has already angered me about YouTube TV oh I mean they it's a good deal for the amount of channels you get and the, the cost that you pay but there's no me TV. What am I going to do about my 1970s and 80s cop shows, <laughs> that memorable TV show? They haven't got that one on there. They haven't got that one on there. See, this is why you need streaming because there's so many, there's just too many options. Eventually, you're going to find a show that no one else in the world likes. That's exactly like all those terrible 80s shows that you love. To be honest, most of the terrible 80s shows that I love 
are people have loaded them to YouTube. I tell right. you this about ten uh, ish years ago, maybe a little bit less than that. When when apps first came out, as you could stream stuff on the TV, I remember going around to one of my buddy's house. This is like pre. Um, was it pre? It was probably just as Netflix had come uh, had come out, and you could you know the, the, the very DVDs uh, the mailing. Very, no, 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 no. Beyond that, this is like the very early days. As if you if you bought a new TV, suddenly it, you could get the the apps on there. So you could start watching YouTube on your oh, TV. Oh, okay. So than... like recent smart TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah smart TVs. Yeah. So in the last sort of like five to ten years, right. I remember going around to my buddy's house because he wants to show off this smart TV. Uh, and at this point, he was putting a stick in the side of it to get a, you know various different streaming platforms. So probably a very primitive version of Netflix right. streaming and whatever else was on there. So he's showing me these different things and what TV shows you can get. And uh, I'm going, okay, well, the technology is impressing me. I like the fact you can stick something in the side of your TV and it squirts extra TV up <laughs> the TV. But I'm not, vi- I'm, I'm not really impressed with the, sh- the shows that are on offer. And he goes, okay, you're more YouTube. He goes, like, none of these <laughs> platforms are going to be – it's not a selling point that they're showing the one season of Street Hawk from 1985 right. that was made. That's going to be on YouTube. So, anyway, I, we'll, we'll deal more with me cutting the cord uh, in next week's uh, podcast episodes because um, I've got a lot more to say about that. Before we go today, I just want to deal with news out of the country world Um, In the last 24 hours, there were two big country stories that broke, both about artists that I'd never heard of until today. The first one is that TJ Osborne has come out as gay. And I guess that, well, again, I I didn't know. Apparently, he's in a band with his brother and uh, and he's made this announcement. So that's not the Osborne kid that didn't want to be on the reality show. (laughs) No, not as far as I know. Okay. Because that was a girl, right? Unless he's transitioned. Maybe they had There's two, annu- two, an- two announcements coming. It's like, <laughs> I'm gay, and I used to be the female Osborne daughter of uh, Ke- of um, Oz- Sharon and Ozzy, right. but now I'm a guy. Now I'm TJ. No, I don't think that is the case. So TJ Osborne uh, comes out as gay. He said, um, I uh, want to get to the height of my career being completely who I am. Um, I mean, I am who I am, but I've kept a part of me muted and that's been stifling. So he comes out as gay and uh, people from the country world go, uh, "Okay, great. Good for you. And then just to completely screw up his big PR, because, again, I I don't want to. I don't want to be stereotypical about the country world, but I guess I'm about to be stereotypical about the country world. I don't think it's you being stereotypical. about This is the country world, right? So. In my mind, and again, I'm not a big country fan, hence the fact I don't, I don't, never heard of either of these artists before we uh, we spoke about them on the podcast today. But T.J. Osborne coming out as gay in the country world, uh, I would suggest challenges stereotypes of the country world. For sure, and he gets five minutes of PR off the back of that. And then Morgan Wallen, who's apparently also a big country artist, gets caught on camera using the N word. <laughs> now, if you were the gay, if you were the gay country artist, wouldn't you be going, "For fuck's sake! I just came out as gay to challenge the country stereotypes, and then you're N wording it up, living up to every one of those He's stereotypes." Like you could have at least said the F word and gotten the news back on me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, as I said, didn't know anything about um, either of these two country artists. I, uh, yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. I, I don't know who they are, but this guy Morgan Waller sure has a way of making Wallen, headlines. Wallen. Wallen. Who cares? He's a headline maker. We don't need to know his name. We just need to know that racist cowboy dude. Well, again... If you take a look at a picture of Morgan Wallen, <laughs> he's a stereotype for sure. It, well, again, I didn't, I had no idea who he was, and apparently he's very popular because everyone who plays his music, which is a bunch of huge media companies, have all gone, "Okay, we're not playing his music anymore" because right. TMZ caught him on camera. Well, he you, even, you know, he had the SNL hosting job, and you know, not hosting job, he was going to be the musical guest, and then. He got filmed at a party at like outside in the height of uh, COVID, like in April when shit was popping. And even SNL had to be like, oh, no, I guess this is why we normally don't have country stars on. Oh, I see. Yeah, but then they brought him back and then he dropped the N word. Yeah. 
See, if you'd have worn a mask, Morgan Wallen, people might not have been able to make out that you were using that racial right. slur. And it would have covered up that dirt mustache. Well, that is the thing I was about to say. Again, not wanting to uh, stereotype country music, but having no idea who he was, but understanding from the details in the story that Morgan Wallen is a big deal, I'm just taking him on uh, photo value. <laughs> and you take a look at him and go... Yeah, you probably use the M word. Right, he didn't even drop the A. He went hard R fully. Like, that's how you know he says that word way too much. I feel uh, he's got that sort of, I mean, the haircut that he's got, right? If it was Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me in 1987, <laughs> fine, right? right? In 1987, that look did not make me think that the guy from Def Leppard is probably throwing the M word around. But in 2021, the country artist with that look, you're just going, yeah. The only valid excuse for that hair is, is he's just trying to work up Miley Cyrus's daddy issues, and clearly that's not working. <laughs> But yeah, can you imagine how pissed off the gay guy is now? He's like, look, <laughs> I was trying to make headway for the country industry. This is like the inverse of what we spoke about in the previous episode where Marilyn Manson got severely me tooed and then Screech from Saved by the Bell died. <laughs> and, Mar and some part of Marilyn Manson must have been going, thank God, Screech has died of stage four cancer. It's taking some of the heat off me. This is the inverse of that. TJ Osborne is going but I'm gay! And everyone's going, but the guy with the mullet used the N-word! I think maybe it could be the opposite, actually, knowing the country world just a little bit, in that the moment T.J. Osborne came out, uh, Morgan Wallen was like, hold on, I'll do something crazy so they forget about that. I got you, bro. They're never they're gonna keep buying your albums. <laughs> I don't know. My first ever gig on the radio was was playing country music. I, I, I don't... Do they still call it new country? Is that what it is? I, I've never heard of Is it, like, new, like, new metal? Um, like NU country because <laughs> I could be down for that in England it was portrayed as uh, um, you know there was old country which was basically Dolly Parton and Kenny Willie Rogers or all that yeah, kind of right. stuff so that the, the country that's the country that I refer to uh, which always told stories about either your dogs died oh. or your wife's pissed you off and you're, you're tying her to the, the, the railroad tracks <laughs> there was a, that again very pre-me <laughs> too we've all been there yeah Marilyn Manson was like I was doing that last week right. someone told me that I can't <laughs> that's not okay Hey, what the hell? But then there was like the new wave of country artists like your Shania like, Twain's and all of that. Okay. And, and then, but then I feel like it's Taylor Swift country. I was going like, to say, now, now it's more like pop country. Now there's, is that new, new country? New, new. Yeah, N-U-N-U country. <laughs> uh, See, Morgan Waller, if these were the N-words you were using, you'd be fine. I just want a Kenny going, Chesney Limp Biscuit mashup now. I think that could probably go down pretty well. Right? That could be part of the week weekend's extracurricular <laughs> halftime show. If uh, Kenny G is the musical conductor of it, just getting everything together to make sure that the musicology of the of that side of it is working properly. I love it. I remember, so when I was in the UK, and this is my first ever gig, so I, I, I was 16, I was at college, right? And I knew a girl that worked on this country station and country music was never that popular in the UK. But what they'd done was at the time, people like... Um, uh, Shania Twain, etc., were huge in the States. So they decided they'd launch a country station to see if people in London liked it. And it lasted about five minutes because we, we were playing like My Dog's Dead and I've Tied My Wife to the Railroad Tracks right. songs next to Shania Twain, right? <laughs> and um, Something about killing your wife going into Man I Feel Like a Woman just doesn't make sense. It really didn't work that well. And it, this is late 90s and also they'd put it on AM. Like no one figured out that all music <laughs> by almost the year 2000 is better in stereo rather right. than I am. Um, and so this is why I haven't kept up with any kind of modern day country artist because I kind of lost touch with what was going on because I was on this country station doing overnights for five minutes playing real country music and no one listened. And this has been the only time really that I've dealt with a consultant in radio who I actually thought was awesome. Normally consultants, are just they're just terrible. Um, but they get in this consultant to basically tell them how they're going to fix this failed country station. And, and, and the fix should have been change it to something else because right. no one in London wants to hear country music. It's too much of a, you know, an American thing. Woo. So this consultant comes in and this was such a smart move. He basically thought, okay, how far can we stretch country music? And he thought anything with a guitar that slightly jangles or a song that tells a story could be considered country music, right? I'm not lying. 
They changed the playlist literally overnight. So we went from playing the greatest hits of Willie Nelson to suddenly out of the news at 4 p.m., Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> because, because Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac starts with a guitar that goes jang, a jang, right. jang, a jang. And it's a song about a failed relationship that doesn't go as far as tying the woman to the railroad tracks. So that was somehow more, more palatable. But, the, but so suddenly we were playing pretty much anything that if you did like 52 degrees of separation might be considered like country music. Americana. And, and, and this was the way that the consultant, and this is one of my favorite radio stories ever, had a company meeting to reset the station because we, at the time, I mean, I was a 16-year-old kid just happy to be on the radio, but at the time we were dealing with... Um, you know, real kind of hardcore country music specialists who wanted to play like real country music. This was the start of the meeting. So we know we're going in to hear about some changes and that there's been a consultant working on stuff. It's in the days of uh, Ghetto Blasters, right? right? So he puts a cassette in at the start of the meeting. And he goes, hello, everyone. Thanks for coming. Okay, I'd like you to listen to this. And he presses play on this cassette and it's Ace of Spades by Motorhead, right? I know this one. Just play, uh, exactly. I'm like, we're going metal, cool. Um, so, he plays about 20 seconds of Ace of Spades by Motorhead and he presses stop and he goes, that is not country music. But as far as I'm concerned, from this point onwards, everything else is. <laughs> All right. And that was the reset. I don't, I, of course, I was like, damn, so we're not going to play Mow Ahead, but I guess Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac right. is a good like, halfway point. That's a good compromise. So anyway, that's my... Um, that's my, your knowledge that, of country. That's my knowledge of country music. The Ace of Spades by Motorhead is not country music, but at a push, everything else is. And my understanding from reading the news on Morgan Wallen is that he was a huge artist with a lot of records that many, many country music stations in America used to play. And as a result of uh, him throwing around the M-word, those country music stations are now going to have many, many gaps on their playlist. If you want a country consultant, you can give me a call. I can tell you how to convincingly play Fleetwood Mac and get your ratings up. And then afterwards, maybe your jocks could do stories about how Stevie Nicks used to have coke blown up our ass. <laughs> I just got to say. I can't believe I've not got a radio job. It's just crazy how times have changed because, you know, he dropped the N-word and he's getting taken off country stations. I swear, like, 10 years ago, they would have pumped his records, like, 10 times more if that happened. And they were like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> and in the meantime, the poor gay guy's going, but I'm gay! And suddenly no one cares! <laughs> <sighs> All right, did we America? Uh, I think so. Uh, don't forget, if you want to vote for Song of the Week, go to didyouamerica.com slash song. That is also where you can write to us and send us any messages. If you've been writing, I apologize that we haven't got around to uh, any of the uh, listener feedback. I do keep it all, and it's being noted, and we will get to it eventually. So didyouamerica.com is where you can go to for Song of the Week if you want to write to us, if you want to check out any prior episodes, or if you want to buy a Did You America t-shirt. Jeremy, how great are those t t-shirts oh they feel so good on your nipples and also on my twitter is where you can vote for the song of the week uh we'll have a poll there i am at ian camfield on twitter did i ask if we america today already you did but just to reiterate fuck yeah we did <laughs>